Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Today is Monday, January 31st, and you are listening to Rocket City Lift. everyone. Welcome back to Rocket City Lift. I'm Tara Bulger. And I'm Brett Goodman. And we come to you three times a week and try to bring a bit of a spiritual lift to your day. We're going to continue in John's gospel and read the story of the Samaritan woman. But before we get to that, let's have a moment for prayer. Let us pray. Lord God, you see everything about us, everything we are our highest highs and our deepest lows, our deepest shames and our darkest secrets, and yet you love us infinitely so. And we thank you for that. We pray this all in your name. Amen. Amen. Friends, last week we read the story of Nicodemus coming to Jesus with questions at night. Listen now to the next story from John's Gospel, from the fourth chapter, and we will read verses 5 through 29, 39 through 42. Jesus came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. 
When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Just then his disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman, but no one said, What do you want? or Why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, Come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I have ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to to God. God. Tara, what's bringing you joy today? Um, I had coffee with a friend, and it just brings me a lot of joy to sit and share our lives with each other. Um, I am going to watch some bad basketball this evening, um, and sitting in the stands eating popcorn and commiserating with Brian brings me joy. (laughs) What about you? Well, probably the greatest joy for me was walking into your office and you had a whole bag full of Rice Krispie Treats. That's right. And I'm about eight in at this point, and I am just so full of joy and happiness. I'm about to go into some sort of diabetic shock over here. Yeah, uh, but it'll be a joyful diabetic shot. But to our scripture... Why is this interchange between Jesus and the Samaritan woman of note? And what do you think of this thing that Jesus calls living water? So I think it's important when reading this to know that it comes right on the story of Nicodemus. Um, If ever there were anyone who was looking for the Messiah and um, able to recognize him, it would be a teacher of Israel, which is what Nicodemus was. But Nicodemus can't make that leap. So when we come to this interchange, it's the exact opposite in every way. Um, It's a conversation with a woman, which would not have occurred normally. It's a conversation with a woman who is from Samaria, um, who would not have had, you know, Jews and Samaritans didn't have anything to do with each other. Um, And I find it so interesting that Nicodemus came and had questions for Jesus. But Jesus initiates this interchange. Mm-hmm. He has, begins with a question, or give me a drink of water is what he begins with. But he opens the door to the conversation. And so we had this, you know, leader of the Pharisees who comes and asks questions, knows there's something special about Jesus, but can't really make that leap of faith. And then we have an uneducated um unholy right which that's fair to say she would have been considered unholy right Mm -hmm. and um this woman who you know recognizes our messiah when he's when he's there Mm -hmm. so what do you think about the interchange to begin with yeah uh, i was you know unholy and unclean uh you know the samaritans jews interacted with them they had to go through a cleansing ritual so i mean this woman just not that doesn't seem like great news (laughs) Mm -hmm. um for jesus 
Yeah, no, I had mentioned to you before that this is one of my favorite stories of the Bible of, um, you know, the Samaritans had this really weird relationship with the Jewish people and that uh, they were both really close in kinship with them. And because of that closeness in their history and their religion, uh, they hated each other. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, I was thinking of an example. It's like someone politically on the far right and someone politically on the far left where, um, you know, on the surface, it seems like they're so far away, but they're actually the exact same person. Right. And because they're the exact same person, they hate each other. Yeah. Like that, that, that is a good, I think, example of the Samaritans and the Jews as, as a people. Uh, and so, yeah, they hated each other. Uh, and so um, that is who Jesus is reaching out to in this respect. Uh, and as you said, you know, Nicodemus is a religious leader who comes to Jesus. He is the one who has been preparing to see the Messiah. He comes, he recognizes this longing in his heart, and he is a man of power in that society, both in his uh, biological self and also in his uh, is calling his job. Uh, and then we have this woman who has, I mean, in Jewish society, even less than just being a woman, but a Samaritan woman. And yet this is the first person who, who seems to, uh, you know, other than John the Baptist, but this is kind of the first person who recognizes Jesus as the Messiah and then goes out and tells people about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, that is, a pretty humbling experience as a religious man in the church, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. And there's also, and when we add into that layer, you know, there's something about Jesus mentioning her husband mm-hmm. and we learn that she's had five husbands. There's something about for her, I think, first of all, it's shocking that he speaks to her. She was like, what are you a mm-hmm. Jew doing talking to me, a Samaritan woman? But this is the point I think where she realizes that he knows the worst thing about her Mm -hmm. and is still engaging her, is still offering her something. Um, That's the real turning point for her. I mean, that's her testimony. Come and meet someone who knows everything about me and still offered me living water, Mm. right? Um, And so I find that really, really moving. Um, And the living water thing, I have this... You know, living water is the um, metaphor, I guess, for lack of a better word, of what this life with Christ can look like. Um, And I was baptized in a creek in Western North Carolina. And to this day, I've gone to visit it in the past year. Like that creek comes out of the springs on top of the mountain. The water is cold and clear and um, I get that metaphor. Do you know what I mean? I get it. It like to be plunged into that is invigorating. It changes your life. And I think when Jesus talks about I can give you living water, I think what he is saying is I can give you the salvation that will change your whole life for the better. And I that's been my experience of salvation in Christ myself. Mm-hmm. What do you think about living water? I was thinking, uh, you know, I was thinking about specifically that phrase and 
you know, when you grow up in the church, sometimes phrases can become dull because they are you're around them a lot. Yeah. And I sometimes, you know, I think, you know, what are what's another way we can describe this in language that might reinvigorate, might be able to provide a new lens. And uh, both both um, Hemingway and the Russian author Turgenev have books called Spring Torrents, and and both those books are about the um, coming of life and i love that i love first i just love that phrase spring torrents um of, of this you know as as the water comes back into the to the world as the melting of the winter comes and as spring comes and life comes again it is this rushing flowing force that fills up the rivers uh throughout western europe and and even in russia and so um this idea that in spring there comes a life with an absolute force that cannot be resisted Uh, and i think that's what the woman runs up against she doesn't she hears you know perhaps as we've heard it before of you know we hear living water like what does that mean doesn't even really make sense and then she experiences the living water, which is Jesus Christ, and she's hit with the rush of the spring torrent. Um, and I, I just think that that's lovely. And I think of it juxtaposed to like still and stagnant water. Like, have mm. you ever seen like a really gross pond? Yeah, right. I'm where from, I'm from Arizona, any water is still is and still stagnant, and stagnant. Disgusting. Right. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's what. That was the kind of religion that Jesus came to help us see a different way. And to this day, I think, still helps us see it in a different way. Um, The living water that transforms lives instead of just maintains an in or out perspective with no real growth. Well, you know, a a stagnant piece of water, a lake is is manageable, whereas a rushing river destroys and and reroutes and it's not something you can control. Yes, Uh, that's certainly true of our Lord and Savior. And so it's terrifying. (laughs) With that, I will leave you with a quote from the author Elizabeth Gilbert. To be fully seen by somebody then and be loved anyhow This is a human offering that can border on miraculous. Thank you all for being with us. We hope you join us again on Wednesday as we look at the Psalms. Now may each of you go out to love and to serve, to be well, to care for yourselves and others, knowing that the grace and love of God is ever upon you. Amen. Amen.